Guys, it feels great to be back. It's long overdue. Uh, as John has said in the past, it was all his fault. But the Fade the Four boys are back. Tommy, how you feeling? Draft is close upon us. Uh, as you just told me, it's this week. And uh, I'm just going to put it out there, guys. I totally thought it was next week. So I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. I don't even know what you call this. Malt liquor bullshit uh but it is five percent alcohol tommy what are you drinking i actually might have to look that up levi that sounds pretty interesting um this is real quick this is like you know the greatest week of the year i was talking to my wife earlier um was telling her that thursday is like my favorite day like throughout the whole year and she's like well what about our wedding day so that was kind of a fun (laughs) conversation to have oh Um, no (laughs) um i saved myself i said it was my favorite day in april so we're good. Ah. Um, but tonight I'm drinking, it's from Surly Brewing, uh, which is kind of a local uh, brewery up here in Minneapolis. It's called the Ghost Empire Dark Lager. Tommy, what would have been, well, I want to interject. Tommy, what would have been very bad is if you got married in April. So uh, I'm glad <laughs> you thought that one through. You know, you got to be strategic, <laughs> Levi. No fall weddings, right? No, no weddings close to the draft season. May is a perfect time. Perfect, perfect. JR, how about you? So I have a little bootlegged yingling that I'm sipping on tonight. I don't really know what bootleg yingling is, considering they sell it a lot of different places. But, uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a – it's called Quiet Man. It's a traditional Irish whiskey. Um, It's okay. Levi, I've I've had some of those Mountain Dew malt liquors. Um, I've tried the Baja Blast. Didn't think it was as flavorful as I expected, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, I got the variety pack. Uh, I'll tell you guys a little bit about it. I right now, I'm drinking the just regular Mountain Dew flavor. Uh, first off, the can is badass. It's five percent alcohol, zero sugar. And uh, they'll get you fucked up pretty quick. So uh, I've only had the Baja Blast. I think they call it cherry or something, which is supposed to be their code red, but it tastes nothing like code red. But this regular Mountain Dew, honest to God, tastes like you are drinking a Mountain Dew. So it is dangerous, but uh, only going to have a couple tonight. Uh, as you guys know, I had a long weekend. Uh, I can dive into that a little bit for you if you'd like, but uh, – just trying to, you know, get the gut ready for a, a punishment that is uh, probably going to happen here soon. Well, and I didn't know if this was the punishment, Levi. I didn't know if you just, you know, signed off on this. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you – I'm sorry to just kind of hamper on the – you know, hammer this, but, you know, you kind of lost this NFL playoff uh, pick So there is a punishment that's required – now, I know, you know, I kind of insinuated that you just chose this punishment, which I think we can talk about that it might be okay, but it just seemed like you, it was a self-induced punishment too. You want to detail what you did over the weekend? Yeah, so uh, just real quick, I went to Nashville. We were uh, sort of celebrating. Girlfriend ran a half marathon, did the whole rock and roll thing. There was 20,000 plus people there. It was a pretty cool scene, but uh, your boy <laughs> – I think I was a smart one. I chose to start drinking at eight in the morning. So uh, I went to a bar called Honky Tonk Central. I was at the bar with about four other degenerates at eight in the morning and uh, just popped in my head like, hey, if I'm not going to run a marathon, I might as well drink a marathon. So the goal was 26 beers, got off to a very strong start and uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if you can call it punishment because I enjoyed most of it. But uh, by about beer 20, they slowed down very, very quickly. Uh, I got to 23, came short, but uh, not bad for a day's work, if, if I'm asking myself. And, John, just to clarify, it is not a punishment. Um, I have chosen out of the three, the Waffle House Challenge, the Lemonade Stand, and the Beer Mile – I have chosen the beer mile and we will be recording it. Um, I am probably going to vomit. I'm probably in the worst shape of my life. So uh, this is going to be very interesting, but uh, I mean, I'm going to do it. Man of my word, uh, reasoning behind it. And I'll just touch on it real quick here. I don't feel like uh, scaring any little kids in a boy scout uniform or getting the cops called on me. Um, and that waffle house challenge, man. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the waffles at Waffle House or if you've ever had one, but they're not small. So <laughs> I got to thinking, you know, even if I eat 12 of these things, I'm still in a Waffle House for 12 hours. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I, Levi, uh, I will say, mad respect. I assume that your marathon beer thing was your, your challenge. I would have been okay with it. But since you just went on the record and said that didn't count and you're going to do the beer mile, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all good. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, go I ahead, Tom. I mean, you know, we were all kind of thinking that that marathon beer was the, you know, your your punishment, which, you know, it could have been fine. I, I guess I just equate that, though. Like, if you send a gambling addict to a casino and say, hey, you have to be here for 24 hours, like, <laughs> not really a punishment, you know? Like, is it a punishment <laughs> if Levi is forced to drink 23 beers? Um, I, I don't think so. So I'm, I'm really yeah. glad you're you're doing this beer mile, Levi. Looking forward to it. Um yeah, any any thoughts on when you're gonna do this yet, or are you gonna train a bit? Weather's getting. <laughs> that was the training. I'm doing the one day training right there. Uh, but I I don't have a set date, but probably in the next week or two. Um, I'm gonna try and schedule a time. We're gonna, you know, record the first beer. I'm gonna run, you know, point one two five miles out, point one two five miles in. Uh, drink another one. We'll try to record it. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to have my phone on me. I might pull it out while I'm jogging. I'm curious to see how slow. What did I say? Um, You just said you're going to pull it out. I'm just making sure you're talking about your phone there. (laughs) There might be a lot coming out of this body. I think the slowest mile I've ever ran is like a, like a 10 to 45. And that was during a half marathon. So that's my goal, but that seems like it's probably going to be pretty difficult if I projectile vomit lap two. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, I guess real quick question before we move on is shotgunning allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I would say any way to consume it is fair game. Yeah. So I mean, typically it's, take it. it's four beers, right? So beer point, uh, quarter mile beer, quarter mile. If you throw up, you have to run another quarter mile, I think it is, but that's it. Yeah, no, no additional beer. Just <laughs> yeah. God damn it! It sounds uh, worse already. And we actually do have so John and I are in a, a dynasty league. Not that anyone cares, um, but so the loser um, of that league has to run a beer mile. So he's actually going to be running it um, next weekend, so May sixth. Um, so it'd be kind of curious. See how his time stacks up to yours, Levi. Well, you know, you got 230 pounds of just pure sex running this mile here in a few weeks here, Tommy. So uh, 
I'm not going to say I'm the fastest mile runner, but I can, I can run a sprint here and there. So anyways, I digress. Let's jump in. Guys, it's been a hot minute since we've gotten together. JR, we always start with your tidbits. You got any interesting facts for us this week? Yeah, I think first, first uh, number one there is uh, Levi Winicky just admitted he failed at something. He didn't drink all the beer, so uh, shocker. Um, start off NFL. Um, so this is from a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the Washington Commanders. Uh, so they were running apparently two different books for their finances, uh, which is pretty shady. And then also they held out ticket revenue, which I guess every team is supposed to contribute to the pot. Um, so that they're saying that that could be the final straw for Dan Snyder because, you know, some owners look the other way at different types of things. But when you start taking money out of their pockets, now they start getting pissed off. So that's that's something to watch. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they're looking at possibly moving from the state of Missouri to the state of Kansas since they actually play in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, so they just be moving across the river there. I don't know if, what their incentives are, but that's something to look at. Um, so, and then I think you all probably heard too, but Tom Brady, so when he retired here recently, uh, he almost came back as a player owner of the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins were also targeting Sean Payton as their head coach. They were apparently prepared to give a first-round pick for Sean Payton and a second-round pick for Tom Brady. Huh. That's pretty interesting. I don't um, – I mean, I want to throw this to you, Tommy. Would you have taken that deal? I mean, yeah, I think I would, actually. I mean, if you're you're getting one of the best offensive coaches, um, you know, in the last, what, 20 years – um, with the best quarterback of all time, the best NFL player of all time. Say I mean, that yeah, again. Like the, Say that again. Uh, the best, uh, <laughs> one of the best offensive coaches in the last 20 years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say that you're you're right there in Super Bowl contention. And if you need to trade away some draft capital to do that, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. So yeah, I would say I'd do it. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Jack? Um, the NFL, they're looking to grow the game uh, and make over $1 billion a year. And one of their key ideas is to add flag football to the Olympics. Would you guys play flag football in the Olympics? Hell yeah, I would. Yeah, that'd be I'd awesome. fucking watch that. That'd be fucking awesome. I mean, they have the Olympic speed walking, which they've since retired, which was my favorite event. I think flag football would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, John's favorite event because they speed walk about as fast as John runs a 40. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't argue that. I can't argue that point, Levi. <laughs> uh, baseball, uh, the Oakland A's, they're currently uh, in talks to build two stadiums, one in Oakland still along the, uh, the ocean or some type of a, on some type of water. Uh, but also they could be moving to Vegas. And if they go to Vegas, it could be a $1 billion dome stadium. So that could potentially bring the Super Bowl to Vegas if they ever decide to do that. And then hmm. what last MLB thing, uh, current betting trends, uh, straight up favorites are winning about at a 59% clip. 
and the unders are hitting at a leading 61%. So if you're going to lay down some money, look at the favorites and think about the under. And that's what I got. Well, one thing we are right. not going to on this week, I, I, sorry, Levi, before we get to the draft, um, the NBA playoffs have started. Um, there are some teams that are already out. I know last year we did a pick them. Maybe we can start that next week. Um, you know, maybe with the second round, but there's been some good matchups so far. Some like a lot of blowouts, but there are two matchups in the West that are two, two right now. And Tom, I'm, I'm going to just give it to you uh, to see if you have any comments, but your wolves are actually being pretty competitive with, with the Grizz right now. You have any thoughts as we, as we watch game five right now? Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, the wolves are about halfway through the game, a little over and, yeah, they're keeping it close. I mean, if they can win here in Memphis, I think that's pretty huge. Um, kind of swing the momentum back to, you know, to Minnesota. So, you know, I, I will make a statement here. Um, the Clippers would have beat the Wolves if not for goddamn Minneapolis protesters. Um, Clippers were running away with that game. Some girl glued her wrist to the floor and then all of a sudden shit changed. And I'll make a comment, Tom. The Wolves are 3-0 and when a protester rushes the floor. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> Tommy's going to do it next. <laughs> there have been talks in a different thread of Tommy being the next protester, I will admit. Um, no. Uh, just that, the Phoenix Suns with, you know, the Pelicans 2-2. Two to two, uh, That's an interesting thing to look at. Um, you know, as a, as a Clipper fan last year, all the Suns uh, fans told me that the series would not be different if Kawhi Leonard would have been there. And, you know, they get to taste their own medicine with one of their best players out. And they're seeing it's not the easiest to uh, get a free run all the way through the playoffs with every other team you play uh, having a hurt player. So getting some uh, satisfaction here watching Devin Booker be out um, and the Sun struggling versus a team that lost 10 more games than they won. Um, but that's for another uh, week. Uh, we'll talk NBA playoffs after the draft. Levi, kick us off. Yeah. So, John, we're talking. We're talking the NFL draft. Jaguars number one pick. Let's start there. I already have a feeling. I know how you're how you're feeling about the Jaguars and what has come out recently. Uh, Balky is now saying we are undecided. Uh, we've got a new coach. I think the coach probably knows who he wants. John, I don't know how much you know about Balky and Harbaugh and how they've had a, a few spats in the past, but it seems like he's being petty and is going away from the Michigan boy, Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I'm a diehard Michigan fan. I don't think anyone probably knows that who listens to this podcast, but Aiden Hutchinson is the clear number one pick here. Tell me what you're hearing and how do you feel about it? Uh, hearing a lot, you know, like I follow E Dilla, right? So the guy on Twitter, he, he usually knows his stuff and he's even said that the team is locked down. Like, like they're not even, he doesn't even know where they're going. Um, I'm hearing bulky wants Walker loves, <laughs> loves the, uh, ceiling, right? The high ceiling for him. Sounds like Shad Khan likes Aiden Hutchinson. Um, Levi, I, I mean, I would probably backtrack a little bit. I think this year is the first year in a long time there's no clear cut, number one. Um, but I, I think that the edge would go to Aiden Hutchinson. Um, not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but I just don't think that, like, there's a Trevor Lawrence, right, like, of last year, where they're, it's already assumed that it's going to be a number one pick. 
already in the bag. Number two, can you, you know, start the clock? I'm also hearing that Doug Peterson really loves Ikim and Wong new. I don't know if I got that right. I just call him Icky. The tackle from North Carolina state sounds like Dougie P really wants him and that his plan for him would be to draft the left, the offensive tackle and move him into left guard to start off the start off the year. So we'd have Sheriff Icky as the guard tandem, and they could be the best offensive guards in the league day one. Um, so, you know, Doug wants to show up the offensive line and help Trevor. Um, and it sounds like bulky wants Walker because of the ceiling. I personally, in my opinion, don't want Walker. I don't want a project. I want someone that is a surefire all pro. And I do think that Aiden Hutchinson is that guy pair him with Josh Allen Give us two DNs that can rush the quarterback. You know, if we don't go that right way, I'd rather go icky. And so I can get some offensive line to shore up short blocking for um, Trevor. I've heard that he is the best run blocker in the draft. Um, and that's exactly what we need. So you know, that was a long winded way of, you know, what I've heard. I would prefer Aiden Hutchinson, Levi. Um, I just think that he is a solid guaranteed all pro. Like it's it's a surefire pick, and it really is frustrating to to hear that they don't they don't have an idea of who they want to pick yet. Well, let's let's talk about the two of them real quick because it sounds like it's going to be Walker or Hutchinson. I think we would all agree there. Production isn't even close. Now, my argument against Walker is going to be this: he was on the best defense in all of college football last year. They might have three or four first-round picks off of that Georgia team. It was an NFL team. He had very limited production as a starter on Georgia. Now, you got to remember, they had Jordan Davis on the inside getting double-teamed every time he was in there. That should open up opportunities for a, a guy who's supposedly a potential number one pick. As opposed to Aiden Hutchinson, we had two great defensive ends, but we sort of lacked in the middle. So, and he had 16 and a half sacks. I believe Walker had six and a half. So, just going off of pure production, I'm not looking at the ceiling. Does he measure better? Absolutely. But Aiden Hutchinson still blew, you know, blew the roof off during his testing in the NFL combine as well. So, I think this is a no brainer. You go with Aiden Hutchinson, like you said, pairing with Josh Allen. And just take the guy that you know's motor is always there. Uh, Walker isn't proven. He hasn't put up the stats. He might be a great player down the road, but I 100% agree with you. We don't need a guy that's going to be good in two, three years. We need a guy that's going to be good now. So give me a guy like Hutchinson. Is he going to be as good as TJ Watt? Probably not, but similar build, same motor. Give me that guy every time. Tommy, Jared, do you have any thoughts on that? Sorry, Leva, before, before we get there, like we don't need a guy that's as good as TJ Watt. We just need somebody to perform right away. That's what the Jaguars need. And I do think that that, that is Aiden Hutchinson, to your point. Not two to three years down the road, the Jaguars have struggled for so long. We need impact players right away. And I feel like that is Aiden Hutchinson. And the frustrating thing is the Jags just probably aren't going to go that route from what we're hearing. And that's just pisses me off. So, sorry. Yeah. Tommy, JR, sorry. 
Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Aiden definitely has the higher floor um, as well. You know, Walker has – I mean, he's just an athletic freak, right? But he hasn't quite developed those pass-rushing moves um, that you want to see day one in the NFL. Um, so, you know, like you guys have said, the potential's there. He could get there at some point. But um, in my opinion – having Trevor Lawrence on that rookie contract, right? He has three years left before that fifth year extension kicks in having Doug Peterson here right now. I mean, this is your guys' window that's opening up. And I, I truly believe Aiden is that guy um, that could get you there quicker, right? Compared to someone like Walker. Um, John, you mentioned that Iki Iquanu. I just, I, I'm not a fan of that move, especially if you're going to kick him inside the guard. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the idea of drafting a guard number one overall, especially when you have potentially elite pass rushers available at number one. Um, I would look more for like someone like Evan Neal, if you're going to go on the offensive, on the offensive line, which don't get me wrong. I'm all for protecting Trevor Lawrence. Um, I personally believe Evan Neal is the best offensive lineman in this draft and having that bookend at left tackle um, just kind of solidifies you for the next 10 years. So I guess that's the way I would go, but um, obviously I'm an outsider looking in for the Jaguars. No, I think it's, I think it's fair. I think the thing is that I don't think the Jags feel like they need a tackle. Um, yeah. Except yeah. Cam Robinson, right? Cam Robinson, who struggled early on, had a very good year last year. And then they drafted Walker little. I think we complained about that Levi last year about how he never played for two years. He had a solid, right? Like he did a solid job at right tackle when he actually played. So I think the thought is maybe Robinson at left tackle, um, Walker Little at right tackle. You draft Icky, but with Cam on the franchise tag right now, he might be left tackle in the future, but you just draft him and you play him right away at guard because he's a very good run blocker. So I hear your point. You don't want to draft a left guard at number one. That's just, I think, what the Doug Peterson's thought is with that potential draft pick. So looking at it currently, uh, Walker, his odds at number one are minus 172. Hutchinson is plus money at plus 120. And then you got Icky and Neil tied at plus 1,200. And... Don't forget a guy everyone was talking about earlier before I, he got hurt was uh, Thibodeau out of Oregon. He's plus twenty two hundred. Uh, so I mean, do you do you think they look at Thibodeau, or do you think maybe even if they're thinking tackle, do they try try to trade back two spots? Well, the the problem with that is I don't think anybody wants to trade for number one because there is not like we said there's not. I mean, Levi, I hate to say it. I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson is the number one pick, but I think a lot of teams don't feel like there's an overwhelmingly, you know, overwhelming player at number one. That's like a clear cut favorite. I just don't think a lot of teams feel that way. So Balky has come out and said, no one's trying to trade for number one. So I don't think we trade back JR because I don't think we can. Sure. Well, Tommy, let's go to pick two. What are your thoughts for the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I've seen Malik Willis here a lot. Um, I personally don't think he goes at two. Um, I feel like Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell said this last year that they kind of want to build the infrastructure um, before putting a quarterback in place. And I don't think that that infrastructure is quite there. Um, Campbell loves to focus on the trenches. Um, last year they went uh, Panay Sewell right on, the, on uh, the offensive side of the ball. I, I personally believe they're going defense here. Um, if Aiden Hutchinson is there, I, I think that's the play. Um, otherwise, maybe Thibodeau. Otherwise, probably Trayvon Walker would be my guess. So one of those top three edge rushers. 
Yeah, and I think from everything I've seen, and obviously a little biased, but he's a Michigan guy, so he's linked to Detroit. But overwhelmingly, it seems like Aiden Hutchinson's going too if he's still there. And yes. to get right. to get back to the first pick, that just kind of tells me this guy needs to go number one because another team wants him at number two. I don't know that they're going to draft anybody else. You know, I mean, they're going to draft somebody else, but I don't know that they really want anybody else but him at number two. So, Jags don't fuck this up. He's a Michigan uh, boy. Else? He's a Michigan yeah. boy. If, if if he doesn't go Jags, Detroit Lions going to walk. They are going to walk that pick in within the first ten seconds and say, "Oh yeah, yeah. done." Like yeah. really, he's a Michigan boy. You don't let him leave that that state. Everybody that. Typically, you're, you're a Lions fan, Levi. I know it might be Michigan or Michigan State, but hard not to cheer for a guy that's played in Michigan in college. You know, that's very, very good, too. So yeah. they better walk that in within 10 seconds if the Jags don't pick him. I hope yeah. that's not the case, but I think Aiden Hutchinson would be the overwhelming pick, in my opinion, if he's available at two. If, if they didn't pick him and he was there, don't you think all 20 Detroit Lions fans in the world would just have a riot? <laughs> all 20 huh? all, all 20 of them <laughs> all right. I think it's fair well they also have I mean the Lions do I mean Levi I know we're going to go pick by pick but Lions are not not a bad not a horrible position right they they traded for Matt Stafford last year they out they have the Rams first round pick too so they have two first rounders this year and then also the 34th pick so I know we're not talking about like wealth of picks but I think the Lions could do some damage this draft. Something to watch. Well, they better because they suck. So, <laughs> uh, John, let's go to the third pick. Who are you seeing here? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I feel like the Texans have a lot more needs <laughs> than a lot of teams, and I, I say that as a Jags fan. Um, I do think that we did a lot more damage in free agency. Um you know, it almost seems like they're they're willing to stick with not going with a quarterback, even though I feel like that's their that's their biggest need. What Davis Mills is their quarterback right now. They just traded to Deshaun Watson. So I could see them going for Malik, you know, Willis, but I honestly think that they probably try to shore up their offensive line. And I think this is where Icky or Evan Neal fall. I, I think that they they shore up their offensive line. I mean, if you have an Evan Neal or Icky fall to number three, mm-hmm. I think you take him. I think it's a reach right now because the quarterback prospects are a little lower than they typically are. I wouldn't reach that far. So I would go offensive tackle with Evan Neal or Icky as 1A or 1B at, at this pick. Yeah, and I'm just going to throw it out there, and then I'll be done talking about quarterbacks for the night. But I don't like a single one of these quarterbacks uh, this year. Um, maybe you can get some value for them in the later rounds, you know, even round two, round three. But the the most proven, I would say, out of all these quarterbacks is Matt Corral. And you don't even see him being talked about. It's Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis first mm-hmm. round for the most part. Right. So I, I watched Malik Willis a couple games uh, last year. I was not impressed. Uh, does he have the tools? Sure. But – He's going to be sort of like that Trey Lance. He's going to be a work in progress. And I think Trey Lance was probably more ready than he is. So I don't know if anybody else has thoughts on him, but 
I would not – if I'm a team, I would not want my first-round pick wasted on a quarterback this year. I would agree with that, Levi. I mean, he he obviously has a lot of potential, but he's still very raw. Um, I don't think he's going to be going this high in the draft because the teams that are picking this high are very bad and need a lot of help right now. I don't think it's a smart move to pick a guy that's not going to be able to contribute for potentially two years. Um, yeah. So I, I can see him being a first-round pick, but I, I think he is going to fall quite a bit, actually, and go to one of those teams that, that can afford to kind of let him sit there for a year or two. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say that Jared Goff. Let's say he does go to pick two. Jared Goff is a better quarterback right now than Malik Willis. I don't think that's crazy. That. I don't think that's crazy to say. So, if you're the Lions and you have a three-year plan for the guy, sure. But unless or the Texans, same thing. You're gonna ride Davis Mills for a couple years and maybe have a quarterback battle between the two of them a couple years down the road. Sure, but this is the NFL, and as you've seen in uh, recent drafts, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, he's on that field in some way. So, interesting. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Levi, and I think we're going to get into a few picks in the next few here that we talk about where quarterback is a team need, and we'll get to it then, but I think you make a, a very good point about this year's quarterback draft. Not Not solid at all. No. So let's go to pick four, JR. Can um, I real quick I even... interject on this Houston pick just really, really quick? I think this potentially Absolutely. could be a trade out for Houston um, if two of the top edge rushers go one and two. Um, I think we might see a team that has a little bit of missing out syndrome, missing out on one of these top three edge rushers. Um, Houston's sitting pretty good in terms of their defensive line. Um, they have a lot of holes everywhere else. Um, so I could see this as a trade out, um, uh, potentially with a team actually like the New York Jets, right? That's sitting there at four, um, potentially the Giants as well. Someone that wants to grab one of those elite pass rushers. Um, so just kind of look out for that. All right. Make your bets now. Trade out of the top 10. Um, JR, pick four. What we got? Yeah, Tommy, piggybacking off of that. Jets need so much help. Offense, defense, coaching, special teams, ownership. They are bad, but they are really bad on defense. Uh, yards allowed last year, they ranked 32nd. And let me look real fast. Teams in the NFL, oh, there's only 32. So that's bad. Defensive points allowed, ranked 32. Point differential, 31st. Right. Okay. So their defense is bad. So they need to go. They need to go defense. If one of those top three edge rushers is still there, uh, I think they have to take that. I think if you have a solid D line, that can help uh, your secondary so much better, so much more. Um, but if for whatever reason, if the top three are gone, I mean, I mean, you look at you look at what Zach Wilson tried to do last year and it seemed like he was just getting piss pounded a lot. So maybe that's when you go, you know, Evan Neal or Icky there, if one of them are there, but I think the jets got a lean defense. Well, and I think JR to piggyback off that it's the first team in my opinion, that has a big need at defensive back. So you have Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Some people have said he's one of the best prospects in the draft. Right. Well, not a lot of people are mocking him top three. No, we usually go safety that high. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't studied that much. Tommy, you might know a little bit more about this, but I've heard really, really good things about Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. Also, 
sorry, go ahead. Derek Stingley, yep. the cornerback from LSU, defensive back, shut down corner. Like, to me, Jared, I know you mentioned offensive line, but defensive edge rush, if they don't, if they don't have that, I think you might go Kyle Hamilton or Derek Stingley here. Well, I want to interject because I don't think Stingley is the first corner off the board, and I believe that Tommy's going to agree with me here. Um, Sauce, Sauce, Gard- Sauce. Sauce Gardner is going to be the number one corner. So if they're leaning corner over safety, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction here again. I did it last year, and it was right, so I'm going to try it again. Kyle Hamilton will be the best player out of this year's first round. Um, I think he's that good. Notre Dame's always on TV. You got to see him all the time. People threw away from him, and he still found a way to get to the ball. So he is going to be my Micah Parsons of this year's draft class. But, Tommy, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, just real quick regarding Hamilton. Um, I mean, you guys are all right on that. He is – I've seen a lot of kind of, you know, draft experts or whatever say that he is, you know, number one, if not number two, in terms of best player available on this board. Uh, you know, from the start of the draft. So I, I've heard rumors that he ran a really slow 40 at his pro day, like a 4.7. Um, and that's, I believe, why he's kind of dropping down these boards. Um, but there's there's no video evidence of this. There's no, like, there's no proof that he actually ran a slow 40. So who knows if that's just some scout trying to get him to fall to, you know, to number 10, <laughs> number 11. Um, I mean, we see this every single year. So I don't know. I mean, I think the Jets, it would be a smart pick if they took uh, safety at four. I mean, it's not too high. Safeties are a position in the NFL on defense that are that are kind of the leaders of the team now. They're the guys wearing the green sticker on the helmet, right, as opposed to you see the linebackers doing that. Mm-hmm. Now it's the safeties. They can, they can stack the box with them, right? They can go deep. So I don't know. I think having a versatile safety like Kyle Hamilton can go a really long way. Um, like so- Tommy – how long has Harrison Smith been a Viking? And he has been a very important piece of that defense. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I mean, maybe 10 years. I don't know off the top of my head, nine, 10 years. Um, yeah, he's, he has been a staple in this defense. And yep. that's kind of what I'm getting at. He was another Notre Dame guy, right? So you kind of see these safeties, you know, coming out of Notre Dame. It's like maybe they're a breeding ground. Um, you draft him. You don't have to worry about him. Harrison Smith, you never have to worry exactly. about that position. You don't have to worry about it. Yep. So um, just kind of throwing a wrench in this, though, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets went with a receiver at number four. Um, If there's a guy on their board that they really like, I think they would want to leapfrog Atlanta, who is like almost guaranteed to be taking a receiver there at eight. Um, So if there's if there is a receiver that they're really high on and don't want to lose out on, I can see them reaching a little bit there at four to get their guy. It's crazy you mentioned that, Tom. I've, I've seen reports that they want James. I've seen mocks of them taking Jamison Williams out of Alabama at four as well. So something to look at. That would not surprise me at all. All right. Pick five, Tommy. Let's keep this train rolling. Yeah, I think – I mean, so we were just talking corners. I think that's what they're doing here um, for the New York Giants. They So they're trying to move on from James Bradbury, um, who has a big contract. Um, and I, I think they're going to want to replace him right away. Um, I mean, Levi, you mentioned um, Sauce being better than Stingley. I personally don't know. It's 1A, 1B to me. Um, I think they're both going to be very good players. Um, if you are a defensive coordinator that prefers size, obviously you're going Sauce. Um, I, I think Stingley has better technique. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know which one they're going to choose, but I'd be willing to bet they're, they're taking a corner at five. Yeah, and I think 
I would uh, another knack on Stingley is obviously going to be the injury. So that's why if I mean in the NFL, what do they say? Your greatest trait is your availability. So I, I think you go with the guy who played and didn't get right. hurt. Yep, that's and so I think you lean sauce, even if you have him one A one B. I think that's going to be the determining factor. Uh, Stingley was great. I mean, he was the best, best freshman corner uh, two years ago when they won the national championship. But at the same time, it's like you said, it is a different league now. I want that big corner on the outside who you know can just go one on one and shut down a receiver. So well, that's my Ramsey type, right? Yes. Exactly, John. A, a big guy that's athletic enough to cover, but he's not going to get overpowered. He's not short. He's not small. He's mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna be physical. Now, I think that the, a point here though is: do they go corner at five? They also have the number seven pick, right? So if they fear that a corner is not going to be there um, at seven, sure you go there at five. But you look. You know, next pick is Carolina, and we talked about quarterbacks, Levi, and I feel like Carolina might actually reach and go quarterback. Mm-hmm. So my thought for Giants at five might be offensive line. If Icky or Evan Neal are there, I think they go that route. Personal opinion. I mean, not not a bad point. I just it's going to be hard to see Evan Neal um or icky fall down i think uh with this draft class being so heavily dominated by defense if a team has an offensive need in these first five picks it's got to be line now i know you mentioned the wide receiver uh tommy but there's some good ones but i don't know that there's any great ones at the moment so that's just again my opinion but i think we're going to see the tackles and these edge rushers be taken off the board in these first few picks. Yeah. yeah, and I do agree there, Levi. And just to clarify, I'm not I'm not advocating for the Jets to take a receiver at four. I'm just saying if there is a guy that they have ranked higher on their board um, in terms of receiver that they want to go get, I I would not be surprised if they made that move at four. Um, being yeah. that again, Atlanta is taking one at, at eight. Yeah. yeah. Now, John, you John, you brought up pick six. Let's go to Carolina. You mentioned it a little bit but what do you think happens here they've another team with a lot of needs i you know this is it's not something that i would do personally be we've talked about the quarterback depth but i really think they're picking malik willis at six yeah we're picking. i mean that's the, that's one of their needs i know they have sam darnold but I really think that Matt rule is not big on Sam Darnold. I mean, he didn't, he bench him for PJ Walker last year. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold was not, he wasn't performing as, you know, they all said he would. So I could definitely see them going Malik Willis. I just, you know, that or Kenny Pickett. I think that's a huge reach, but again, that's, I think the route that they go. They are. What do you think? So go ahead, Jared. I, I agree with you there, John. I feel like if there's going to be a quarterback taken in this top, heck, I don't even know, top 15, I feel like Carolina's probably going to be the one to reach for it. Uh, especially, yeah, because, I mean, Sam Darnold's out there seeing ghosts still. Uh, I, I could definitely see them reaching for whichever quarterback they feel is better because I, I doubt any quarterback's taken by this point. So, yeah, so I think they're going to go pick it or Willis, or, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to go quarterback if they don't trade out. 
So something to note here. Um, I've read this, and Tommy, I'll, I'll I'll kick it to you when I'm done here. But the Panthers have had seven different starting left tackles in the past seven seasons. So if there isn't Evan Neal or Icky or I've even seen Charles Cross, Mississippi State, third best offensive tackle. Um, they might want some stability too. So they might take offensive tackle depending on who's there. But Matt Rule recruited Kenny Pickett when he was the head coach at Temple. Just let, I mean, something to note. So he might have an infatuation with Kenny Pickett as well. I think Malik Willis is the number one. But Kenny Pickett, small hands and all, might be the guy that Matt Rule wants. So – Tom, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I actually think it's for sure going to be Kenny Pickett. Um, he is more NFL ready. And you mentioned that Matt Rule connection. I mean, Matt Rule is a guy that is potentially could lose his job like by midseason if this team has not turned around. So I, I don't think he's going to want to mess around with Malik Willis, who, like we just talked about, may need like two years to be NFL ready. He, he's not going to have that kind of time. Um, we saw this last year with Matt Nagy, right, in Chicago with Justin Fields. Justin Fields, who was a lot more NFL ready than Malik Willis is, um, still just kind of hit the ground slow, right? Yeah. And he that he was not able to save his job even by having a, prospect, a quarterback prospect there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's for sure Pickett. I mean, unless they can think they can swing a trade for like Jimmy G or something, um, which I have seen like zero rumors about, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I think it's for sure Kenny Pickett here. All right, Jr., you're on the clock. Pick seven. Yeah. So kind of going off what we said about the Giants earlier, I think depending on what they do with pick five, if they go offensive line, I think they go defensive secondary here. If they go defensive secondary uh, in the on their fifth round or number five pick, I think they go offensive line here. So if that Charles Cross is still there. Um, but yeah, so I, I think they shore up their offensive line and their secondary with picks five and seven. Yeah. Not much for, from me on this one, uh, giants suck. They <laughs> definitely need, definitely need secondary help. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this draft though, because they do have, you know, these high picks, so they can make a splash. This is one that, and Tommy, maybe you, you're a little bit more in depth than your knowledge of this but I could see the Giants maybe trading one of these picks back it just seems like they need a lot of help maybe some more draft capital wouldn't be the worst thing for them in this spot yeah yeah, I could totally see that again it all kind of depends on I mean you know we we sound pretty confident in our picks right now but the draft always throws kind of curveballs at us right so I mean there could be a run on receivers early right we can see um, some of these edge rushers fall potentially. So, yeah, I would not be surprised if a team is calling the, the Giants there to trade up um, at number seven. Cool. John, anything on this pick? No. I mean, I, I agree with you all. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I think with the trade back, I think a lot of teams might try to do that. I think there's a lot of solid players, but there's a lot of question marks in the first round. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens on draft night. Go well. Let's go, John. You're on the clock. Pick eight. So, Tom, you mentioned this earlier. Atlanta picking a receiver. I think. Well, I hope they don't, but I could see them potentially making a reach at quarterback. Say Kenny Pickett goes at six, right? With uh, the the Panthers, 
could the the Falcons try to take Malik Willis as a project and just sit behind Marcus Mariota, right? Trading Matt Ryan. Now I get that they need weapons. They have Kyle Pitts, but who else do they have? Cordell Patterson at running back and like nobody at receiver. Um, so I, I heard your comment earlier. I do agree that I think receiver might be the play. Um, thinking, of, you know, in my opinion, if there hasn't been a receiver taken, I think Garrett Wilson might be the most sure thing as a receiver um, from what I've seen. And then Drake London would be the other one. So I think there's a Drake London or Garrett Wilson draft pick here at Atlanta. That's the route I would go. Yeah, I'm going to take the words out of both you and Tommy's mouth again. And But I'm going to put a put my foot down and say this is 100% receiver here. Uh, even if one might be taken before. I think if there's one taken earlier, I think it even more solidifies Atlanta to take a receiver here. So I'm not going to dive into them. We've kind of talked about these players a little bit. But in my opinion, Garrett Wilson is the best receiver. I would agree with you, John. Tommy, JR, you got anything on this one? I mean, totally agree there. Um, John, I do like the idea of taking Malik Willis at eight. I think that would be actually a really good fit. Um, that Arthur Smith offense, I think having the ability to sit behind Marcus Mariota for a year or two, who is a serviceable quarterback. Um, I, I really like that idea. So that could be a sneaky pick there at eight, but, um, I, I still think they're going receiver and I think Garrett Wilson is that guy. Yeah. I think they have to, because their best wide receiver, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, is he going to play again? Remember he sat out this year. Otherwise their other wide receivers, Bird, Darby, Hanson, Hodge, Tate, Trammell. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be the yeah. worst True, receiver, right? right? It, yeah. Not not very good. So I think they got to go wide receiver. Yeah, in a league led by offense now, it seems, and uh, these offensive players being more and more protected, seems like a no-brainer. Well, Pitts Tommy, is one right now. I mean, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. he's a tight end, but yeah. Yes. Uh, actually, let's go JR. Pick nine. Who you got? Oh, Seattle, Seattle. Uh, you know, it's – I don't know. I mean, no more Russell. Uh, are they going to trade DK? Uh, you know, are they going to blow it up? Are they Are they going to kind of do a, a walking rebuild? Uh, I think probably it seems like Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. Um, you know, they still got Chris Carson. So maybe do they go offensive line? Is kind of what I'm leaning towards um, because, I mean, if, you know, they do have DK and they got uh, Lockett on the outsides, uh, their defense could probably also use help too. But I, I would lean towards offensive line on Seattle's pick. Maybe yeah, I don't, have, I don't have, I don't have any clue. And I think Tommy alluded to this a little bit earlier, but, at this point in the draft, normally some things are shaken up, and we're probably going to look like idiots in two days here. <laughs> but uh, I, this is one where it kind of baffles me. They, they need quite a bit. I don't. They could probably go offense or defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know that a great offensive lineman is going to be available here. Um, I'm not even sure who they have at their defensive line now. I haven't seen this guy going this high. But I don't know that Jordan Davis out of Georgia would be a terrible pick here. He just is going to eat up the middle of that defense, mm-hmm. have to double-team him. He's great against the run. And the dude can fly 
for being 300 plus pounds. So I would almost maybe take a chance at somebody like that here, but uh, obviously there's a lot of good players. Uh, kid out of Florida State might not be a bad option either. Uh, anybody else got any picks for this one? Yeah, I mean, no, honestly, go ahead, John. I would think I, – I don't think Kyle Hamilton is going to go before this. And I think he would be the perfect pick here, in my opinion, to be that Earl Thomas type safety. Oh, sure. Thomas was fucking awesome, right, as a Seattle Seahawks safety. Kyle Hamilton, if he's available, again, first 10 seconds, I'm running this pick to the, the you know, the, the board. I'm picking Kyle Hamilton. That could yeah, be Earl Thomas. Don't disagree, but I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be more of a – Cam Chancellor with his body size and his speed. Uh, Earl Thomas could fly, a little smaller. Um, but you're not wrong. Both of them were great at Seattle. They could probably do a lot with them. Tommy? I, honestly, I think – and I, I actually really like that Kyle Hamilton pick here, John. I think they're going to go best player available. Um, they just have too many needs. But kind of a sneaky pick, uh, Devin Lloyd, right, linebacker out of Utah. They lost Bobby Wagner this year as a mm-hmm. cap casualty. Um I think it's definitely going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Safety, if one of the top two corners are there. Um, otherwise, I can see them maybe reaching a bit for a linebacker. Yeah. All right. John, let's go pick 10 before we get to the infamous pick 11. Well, we've talked about, <laughs> well, we've talked about Jets, right? They have a lot of needs. They have a good number of uh, – well, that's the Panthers. Sorry. They uh... – no, this is the Jets. Sorry. Um, Jets, 10, yep. Jets. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I... <laughs> There's a lot of needs here. I, I do think that – we've talked about Trevor Lawrence needing to get weapons, right? I think the Jets, in my opinion, what they should do is go for a receiver here. I mentioned Jamison Williams potentially at four. If that's not the case, I do think the Jets could go a Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams here as well if they decide to go elsewhere. So I would go receiver at this pick. Um, I would give Zach Wilson all the opportunities to uh, succeed that he can. Um, JR, you mentioned their defense is horrible, but it's almost like you got to give the guy a chance uh, to, to see what he can do. Uh, I know Tommy, as a BYU fan, you know, thinks he can do whatever, but. Um, I would I would go receiver here. Um, he's got Michael Carter, right? A, a pretty legitimate second year running back. Um, I would want to see him get some some guys in the receiving core um, to actually show what he can do. So I would go receiver here, Levi. All right, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, if they're not going receiver at four, um, I, I would definitely expect them to go one at ten. Um, John, I. I kind of agree with you on Drake London. I'm not a big Drake London fan. Um, however, I think he would be a good fit in this offense. Um, they already have Corey Davis, right, who can create separation on the outside. Elijah Moore is a really good slot receiver. Um, Drake London kind of gives you that height, right, that 50-50 ball. Um, so I think he would be a good kind of complement to the other weapons in this offense. <clears throat> JR, any thoughts on the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? S-U-C-K. Uh, I would say, yeah, if, if they don't go wide receiver number four, they got to go in here. He does need weapons. He's been running for his life. He's been, you know, he has to throw the ball in crazy, crazy ways to crazy spots. 
I think they go wide receiver if Williams is there or Wilson or London. I think all three would be solid picks for them. Yeah. Now, I this isn't necessarily a Jets pick. I'm not going to name a specific player, but this is personal opinion. And uh, I know it's not the standard way of thinking, but with any of these teams that have two-plus picks in the first round, I have always wondered why they don't focus on one side of the ball. Now, I get you can improve on both sides of the ball by adding one player, but as we know, there's 11 guys on each side. I would not be against somebody like the Jets loading up just on defense. JR, you brought out the stats earlier. Yes, they need help on offense, but they do have some good pieces. Tommy alluded to those. I don't know that you don't just draft defense and try to improve. You are the worst in the league by far. Draft two defensive players who can come in, you know, put up some stats right away. They don't have to be pro bowlers, but if they're legit starters in the NFL, I would not be against a team like the Jets. Just go in defense first round. So just a thought. JR, pick 11. Let's go. Washington. Oh, man. Uh, so I originally thought defense, um, you know, they have a, a solid defense, you know, but they could make it even better, especially in that division that I still feel is pretty much up for grabs. But then you have the whole Terry uh, McLaurin holdout, maybe holdout, whatever he's doing. So then now do they look at wide receiver to try and help fill a gap? I don't know. I don't know what the talks have been like. I don't know what the locker room's like. Uh, so I I think depending on if they think they can get a con- a new contract done, they go defense. Um, but, yeah, if, if they don't know if they're going to have Terry, I think they go whichever one of those wide receivers is left. Yeah. Now, one tidbit that just popped in my head, and this isn't going to happen, but I'm just curious. If, in fact, something came out, before Thursday, so two days, that they were not, you know, giving the money to the league and the owners were pissed off. Do you guys think it'd be a possibility that they would lose a first-round draft pick? I don't think it would be this year. Being that it's this close to the draft, I would imagine potentially next year for sure. The future. Um, I, I don't – I can't imagine they would strip them of a draft pick like a day or two before the draft. Well, hey, if they're stripping owners from money, as Jared alluded, uh, it could piss off some uh, high-ranking people. Just a, just food for thought there. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's probably not going to happen, but it would shake up the NFL world for sure, and you'd have some teams that were ecstatic about it as yeah. well. So, it is an interesting uh, thought. Um, do, you, do you mind if I comment on this one really quick? Um, so you, you, you touched on the McLaurin contract. You're dead on. I mean, that's he's about to get paid. Um, thanks, Jacksonville, for breaking the market there. Um, <laughs> he's also – so he's turning 27 in September. Um, so he is an older receiver, even though he's only been in the league for like three or four years. Um, he's kind of older than the rest of that class. So, um, you know, it, you're going to pay the guy, but he's also kind of on the later the latter part of his 20s. Um, something really interesting that I heard, and I wish I had – the exact players. But so Ron Rivera, like never leaves his house to go scout, like never. He's done it like three times and all three times he's done this. He has selected those players. This was obviously kind of in his Carolina days. Um, One of those names was Christian McCaffrey, um, kind of the obvious pick there. Mm -hmm. He left his house this year to go scout Chris Olave 
at his Ohio State Pro Day. Oh. Um, I think that might be a little bit of a reach at 11, but again, if that's his guy, if that's the guy that he really likes, um, I think adding a receiver um, to kind of this, this stable of guys, you know, Terry McLaurin, they have Debo Samuel, uh, Dami Brown, who didn't do much last year, but people were pretty big on. Um, but I, I think adding kind of a, another receiver to that crop um, would be a good move, and Chris Olave could be that guy. Well, Tommy, I'm sure they could go get a Brandon Ayuk pretty cheap. So that's your guy. Um, uh, I was just going to say, just... thanks for uh, Le- uh, Tommy shouting out Christian uh, Kirk. And, you know, the Jags changed the game, Levi. <laughs> overpaid a receiver, and that's going to fuck up a lot of teams because a lot of receivers want that money. So Jags changed the game, baby. Yep. Fair. John, let's go pick 12, and then after pick 12, things – let's just be honest. As I said, j- this draft is going to be a shakeup. So let's go pick 12 and then talk some tidbits before we wrap it up. Well, I'll touch on this, but I really want to probably kick it over to JR and Tommy more for this one because this is the Vikings pick, right? Um Tommy, we've talked a little bit offline, you know, off the pod about what they want to do here. I've seen some chats about what the Vikings want to do, honestly. And I feel like they do this every year, but I think they have to go cornerback, right? I think their corners have really struggled um, over the years. I've seen Trent McDuffie in mocks going to uh, the Vikings. I don't know much about him. He's a Washington cornerback. Obviously, if Derek Stingley is there or Sauce is there, you instantly pick that guy. You don't even think about it. You pick those two. Um, But just imagining that they're not there, I think you go Trent McDuffie. Um, A third corner at the top 12, you know, I don't know how that, you know, shows in the history of drafts, but I think the Vikings really have the biggest need at corner, and that's where I think you go. Um, I think another uh, need is edge rusher, but when you get Zadarius Smith, he's a little older. I do think that that may have filled the gap for at least this year. And corner is just the overwhelming I like area you need. So, so Tom, am I am I hitting that right? Is Trent McDuffie the guy if Stingley and Sauce are gone, or what am I missing here? So. You are right. The Vikings definitely need a corner. That is far and away the weakest position group on this team right now. Um, I, and I've seen McDuffie mocked a lot to the Vikings there at uh, number 12. I personally am not a fan of that move. He's more of a slot corner, um, which is something that we don't really need. We just got uh, Chandon Sullivan from the Green Bay Packers, who's, who's just he's a serviceable slot corner, uh, but he should be able to kind of fill that void. Um, we need more of a guy that can handle the outside, um, mm-hmm. Stingley or Sauce. So if one of those two guys are there, I would say you run to the podium and grab them. Um, however, and this is a little unorthodox, but I, I personally am all on board with getting a receiver here, um, assuming that receiver is named Jamison Williams. Um, he's obviously coming off that ACL injury, but had he not had that injury, I think he's far and away the best receiver in this class. Um, having that receiver group of Justin Jefferson – um, Adam Thielen, right? KJ Osborne, uh, serviceable guys, Thielen and Osborne still um, will give Jameson Williams the ability to kind of ease back from this injury, which it sounds like he's ready to go already. Um, but then provides this, this offense with another dynamic receiver. Um, and we're going to see this offense run a lot of 
11 and 10 personnel, right? So three and four receivers on the field at a given time. Um, so I think it's having that depth, having those top end receivers that Jameson Williams and J- you know Justin Jefferson can become, um, I think would really move the needle on this team compared to, you know, a Trent McDuffie, for example, right? Or even maybe a Sauce or a Stingley. So um, that's my personal pick. If, if so, neither one of those two or Jameson is not there, I, I'm all for trading out. Tom, I, I feel like I know who you're picking at 1.06 in our, our dynasty league, and that's Jamison Williams. But uh, um, <laughs> no comments. We can't, uh, we, you know, we're not picking Malik Willis because, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is a leader sitting front and center at all the meetings now, right? So Kevin O'Connell is all in on Kirk Cousins. So no quarterback draft at 12, right? Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think it's, it's going to turn out that way. Um, if Malik Willis is there at 12, I would definitely, I would not be mad if they drafted him there. Um, the, the biggest problem with drafting a quarterback this year um, is again, I, I am a big proponent of winning when that quarterback is on his rookie contract. So say you draft Malik Willis at 12, um, you have this year with Kirk, you have next year with Kirk, and then you have two void years with Kirk. So you're essentially just throwing away yep. um, a complete a rookie contract, like just completely. Um, and, and then you lose the advantage there. Even if Malik Willis is the greatest quarterback of all time, right. You're still losing that leverage here by not having, um, you know, him on that cheap rookie deal. So I, I guess I'm not like, again, I wouldn't be mad if they took a quarterback uh, named Malik Willis at 12. He's the only quarterback I'd be fine with taking at 12. Um, I, I just don't, think it's going to happen unfortunately it's not a smart move sure. um, jr what are your thoughts uh yeah i i like stingley um if sauce for some reason made it to us i i would take that too i agree mcduffie uh, solid but not quite what we need uh <laughs> i did see that wide receiver pick and i'm like yeah you know then you just go fuck him you score a touchdown i'll come back i score a touchdown on you exactly uh, especially when we do run more three and four wide receiver sets, you know, instead of having six tight ends on the field at once, just to hand the ball off to Dalvin. Um, so I definitely think uh, secondary would be the way to go, especially corner. Um, but if we, if none of those, if those two guys aren't there and if the, if Williams or one of those other top wide receivers is gone, I would like to see us uh, trade back and get a, a little bit more draft capital. Any thoughts, Levi? No, you guys suck, so I don't even care who you take. It doesn't matter. So Hey, we're not uh, picking number one overall for the second year in a row. Ooh. Yeah. That sucks to suck. You know, we just we're just getting the best players. So we're just loading up. It's all planned. We might have the number one pick next year. So I, I do have a I want to pose a question to the group before we get into those more more prop bets, Levi. Who, who is everybody's can't miss prospect of the 2022 NFL draft? Ooh. Levi, I'm going to start with you because I feel like I know who your your you know what your opinion is, but I want to start with you just to, to get us kicked off here. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, number one, make it happen. Well, it's not who's going, you know, the number one. I just want to know, depending on your team need, it could be Aiden Hutchinson, right? But like, who who is going to be the guy? And it sounds like you're going to stay with that. But just to reiterate, 
who is somebody that is going to succeed no matter what? So it sounds like you're saying Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, sir. Okay. Tom, what's your pick? Yeah, I, I'm actually going with a guy that isn't necessarily the, the sexiest player, you know, on the draft board, um, but Jordan Davis, right? That defensive lineman out of Georgia, um, just absolute freak. He blew away the combine. Um, even though he's not, you know, he's going to be kind of picked probably in the middle of the first round, just because, you know, interior defensive lineman is not a position that necessarily pushes the needle. Um, you can make an argument for Aaron Donald, right? But, I mean, Jordan Davis could be that guy that, that really lives up to his potential um, and can really be a, a very, very good player in this league for a long time. Okay. JR. I'm going to go with the guy who's got the coolest name, Sauce, Sauce Gardner. I think he's going to be a solid corner wherever he goes. Uh, I think he'll do a good job at least trying to prop some of these shitty defenses up. Uh, I'm going with Sauce. Is okay. Sauce, real quick, is Sauce Gardner, and I'll let you go, John, is, is Sauce Gardner like the coolest name since Cadillac Williams? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's it's yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Um, Tommy, are you going to name your first kid that or what? <laughs> Cadillac or Sauce? Sauce. Saucy Cadillac. I think I might go with Cadillac. Okay. All right. You know, you guys are, no, you're not going to, you know, Tommy's it, first kid's name is Kirk. <laughs> uh, I really right, want that to happen, to be honest. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Corey. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Corey. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> um, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say Brees Hall. Um, I really think that that guy is going to be a three down back, which you don't really see that often anymore. Uh, coming out of the draft, he can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. You don't need to have a third down back. That's a receiving back. I think, and I, we haven't talked about this. I really think the bills are going to draft him. Tommy. We, we talked about maybe not having that, but if the bills draft him, that's going to be an insane backfield. I, yeah. I, I just, I just don't trust the the bills. They just never run the ball. You know, we, gonna... we've we've seen this the last two years, right? With with Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, the year before that, where it's like, all right, this is the guy. These were, you know, these were really good prospects, and they just never got any opportunities. So I just, I, I, I just don't see how that's going to change. I, I agree, but Dable's not there. Josh Allen, there. I think they're going to take the ball out of his hands a bit, save him a little bit. I just think that that's the perfect opportunity for him to succeed. Texans could draft him too, but I think that's a, that's a surefire can't miss prospect, but also Garrett Wilson, Levi, you talked about how he's the best of the best. I agree. I think he, there's no better receiver and I think it's a deep receiver draft, not a, a dominant one. Like there's no dominant receiver, but I think Garrett Wilson, he is also a can't miss prospect. If you get that guy, he's going to be a wide receiver one, Probably day one. So those would be my two picks. Um, Guys, I just want to – you got some breaking news here. Melvin Gordon has just re-signed with the Broncos. So uh, pair him up with uh, Javante Williams and Russell Wilson there. So that's going to be a hell of a backfield. He's not even going to start. He won't, but that's, that's a great guy to have near the goal line. Yeah, I hate that as a Javante dynasty owner. I absolutely yeah. hate that move. So, 
All right. Well, let's get in. Let's kind of rapid fire these. I got to get going here. Uh, JR, you've got some props, I believe. Yes. Uh, let's get some picks. Okay. Uh, first one up. Over under on the number of quarterbacks taken in the first round. That number, two and a half. Levi, over and un- over or under? Under. John. Under. Tom. I'm actually going over. I think it's three. I also am going to do over. I think uh, I think one gets taken late in the first round. Who do you think Jags picked number one? I'm going to go Hutchinson. Tom? For the sake of this podcast and Levi, I'm, I'm going Hutchinson as well. <laughs> John? I mean, I want it, but I'm – I want to go Hutchinson. I want to pick Walker. I think that Balky is just going to overrule him. Levi, I just out of field Hutchinson. Good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Will there be a running back taken in round one? Just one, at least one. Levi, yes or no? Yes. John, they taken Brees Hall, Bills? Fuck. I'm going to say no. Ah, I think he should, but I'm going to say no. Tommy? Hmm. I'm going to say no as well. I I was originally leaning towards yes, but then kind of doing some looking at this. I I think running backs are going to go round two, so I'm going to say no running back in the first round. Will we see a trade in the top 10? I say yes, we will. Tom? I'd say yes. John? Yep. Levi? Yes, sir. Okay. All consensus there. All right. How many offensive linemen will be taken round one? Over, under, seven and a half. Levi? (laughs) Um, This is the toughest one I think you've asked so far. Um, I haven't looked at any uh, a lot of mocks. I've seen a couple, but I'm just gonna go. That seems like a lot with the amount of defensive picks that are gonna be in this first round. And we talked about maybe a run on receivers, so I'm gonna say under. I think maybe it'll just hit seven. Okay, you know, so last year I, we had a similar question. I don't remember the number, and I took the under, and that screwed me. So I'm going over. Over. John? Under. I'm I'm going to go over with Tom. All right. How many wide receivers taken in the first round? Over under five and a half. I'm gonna go under. Tom. Under. John? Under. Lever. Make it a consensus pick under. Okay. How many defensive players? Doesn't matter if they play D-line, linebacker, secondary. How many defensive players in the first round? Over, under, 14 and a half. Levi. I'm going to go over. I think this is one of the deepest drafts for the defensive side of the ball. So give me the under or the over. Excuse me. John? Going under. 
taking the over. I I was again leaning over, but I think some teams will reach. We're going to get a few more wide receivers. We're going to get uh, those those three quarterbacks in there. So I'm going to also go under. And the last one I grabbed, how many Georgia players will be drafted in the first round? Over or under four and a half. I'm going to say teams are infatuated with that defense and we get over. Huh? Four and a half was the number? Correct. I'll take the over. John? Under. Levi. Uh, Vegas did a very good job because it is going to be four for sure. Um, so I'm going to go with the under, believing that somebody thinks they can hold on into the second round. All right. That's what I had. Did anyone have any others to add? Nope. I think it's great. Last thing from me, and then uh, if you guys have any last words, we can do that and wrap it up. But last thing from me. This is going to hurt John a little bit, but uh, do not be surprised if next year Kenneth Walker is the best running back out of this draft class. Yeah, I would be hella surprised because he fucking sucks. So <laughs> It's all situational. It all depends on where these guys go. I mean, I think after Friday, right after these day two picks, I think we could revisit that statement, Levi. I mean, the dude didn't even deserve to win a Doak Walker, so that's what it is. Anything else from you guys? Levi, the draft is in two days. Just FYI, it's not next week. It's in two days. All right. So, fuck John. I hope he goes in six putts, some more holes this weekend. Um, Guys, it was fun. Glad we got to do this. Let's get back on next week. We got to dive into the draft, do a little breakdown. We'll make fun of how wrong JR was about all of his prop bets. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers.